Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Grain Markets and Other Stuff. Thank you for joining me. It is Thursday, December 17th, as I speak here this morning. Hope everybody is doing well. Um, before I get started, I want to thank everybody. Um, we're getting close to the end of the year here. And, you know, I just started doing this podcast and this YouTube channel and all of this social media type stuff this year. And I really want to thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for watching. I really appreciate all of the feedback, all of the uh, kind comments and uh, uh, constructive criticism and everything that I've received. I, I kind of started all of this as an experiment. Um, I didn't know if anybody would be interested in what I had to say on a daily basis, but it turns out that you are, and uh, I'm happy uh, about that. So thank you very much. Um, uh, if I don't have time to talk to you at length uh, before Christmas, everybody have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I hope to be back with some longer form stuff. Uh, before then, hopefully, uh, I may do one more of these Grain Marketing 101 uh, episodes before the end of the year. I'm not too sure. I'm not, I'm not sure if anybody's going to be real interested um, with the, the holidays coming up. But uh, in any case, I, I just wanted to say thank you. Remember, those of you watching on YouTube, uh, make sure you subscribe if you have not already. And do me a big favor, hit that like button. It will really help me out with YouTube to help spread these videos around. That's the way the algorithms work. The more likes you get, uh, the more they spread them around. That would really help me out. Um, remember, if you need some help with your grain marketing, as always, go to standardgrain.com. Click on Grain Marketing Plan here in the upper right-hand corner for 49 bucks a month. I'll send you my morning email that goes out every uh, business day at 6.30 Central Time in the morning, and uh, it, it it goes along with the text message service, uh, consulting, whatever you need from me for 49 bucks a month. It's billed to your credit card through PayPal. You can cancel it at absolutely any time. If you're looking for some improvement with your marketing, if you really just want to know what I'm doing in regard to uh, cash sales, spreads, capture and carry, all that stuff, make sure you check it out. Uh, you don't need Need to have a trading account. You don't need to be a futures or options trader. I have a lot of customers who subscribe. We're just uh, cash-only grain marketers, so certainly uh, consider that. Also, those of you who are, uh, I haven't talked about this, but those of you listening on the podcast, uh, those numbers just continue to grow. I I can't believe how many people listen to this thing. But uh, in any case, if you have not left a review, uh, leave me a comment on, on Apple Podcasts in particular. I'd really appreciate it. My conversation today I guess it's a conversation. I always don't know what to call these. Is it a conversation? I'm talking to myself. Um, I'll, I'll say it's a pep talk. Uh, top five bull market mistakes. Um, we're in bull market territory in these grain markets right now. Corn, soybeans, wheat. Uh, we have been in bull market territory for a while. And uh, this uh, uh, talk, if you want to call it that, it's going to focus more on on bull markets in general rather than just this year specifically, although some of this stuff does apply to this year specifically, and some of it doesn't. And, and I'll talk about these as as we go through them. Uh, they're not in any particular order here, but um, 
I am going to run through five items that I believe are the top five uh, mistakes that farmers make in bull markets when it comes to marketing. That's what I'm talking about specifically here. What mistakes do farmers make in bull markets uh, that I've seen repeated over uh, the years? And, and you know, we run into bull markets once or twice a year, just about every year, and sometimes they're very short-lived. Other times... <clears throat> Like this year here in 2020, they're much more extended. But in any case, um, something we deal with a lot. Um, one thing I'll say about bull markets, they present their own sort sorts of problems. Uh, bull markets are not easy to deal with. Uh, they're much easier to deal with and, and much better to deal with than bear markets where you can't turn a profit, you can't make any money. But bull markets are not easy to navigate. It's not easy to market grain in bull markets. It's certainly a lot better. The, pre- the set of problems that a bull market presents is a lot better than the set of problems than a bear market presents, certainly. Uh, no argument for me there. But uh, th- this is never easy. Marketing is never easy, no matter uh, if you're making money or not. These are in no particular order. Number one, exiting hedges without a cash sale. That's what I wrote down. I've seen uh, in the past customers will call and uh, they'll say, Joe, I'd really like to get out of this uh, uh, futures hedge or options hedge that I have on the board. And uh, my first question, of course, naturally is, well, did you sell cash or are you going to sell cash? And in some instances, I'll get the answer. uh, No, I'm going to wait and see what happens. And uh, at the end of the day, remember, my job is is to kind of give you my two cents. My job is is to uh, consult you. But at the end of the day, you're the boss. So if that's the decision that you want to make as as the customer, as the boss of your operation, by all means, go for it. I've seen that sort of decision uh, work out very, very poorly in many instances over the years. I've seen customers bail on hedges, uh, not sell the cash, and end up in a very, very bad spot. Uh, 2020, of course, especially in the soybean market, could have been an exception to that. You know, you could have sold beans at uh, nine bucks on the board and uh, you call, called your broker, bought them back at 10, and then rode them all the way up to almost 12. Uh, you could have done that this year. But I would say in the vast majority of situations, or in my experience, at least put it this way, I've seen that strategy fail uh, more so than than. I've seen it work out. Uh, the textbook play when it comes to hedges on the board is that uh, when you exit your hedge position, whether it's profitable or not profitable, you should sell the cash at that same time. That's that's the textbook way, the, way to do it. That's the way I advise customers to do it. Um, and that's a mistake that I see a lot of people make because you know it, it could get you on both sides. You could lose money on, on your futures or options hedge initially. And then if the market goes back in the other direction, you could lose that money that way too. So I, I think that it's just, it, it takes a lot of, a lot of things have to go right for that to work out for you. And, and I've seen it fail more often than not, uh, in my experience. Number two, re-ownership. I wrote down re-ownership. Um, let me give you an example of, of what I want to talk about. Um, I have a bass boat. It's made by a company uh, called Bass Cat Boats. They're in Arkansas. They make phenomenal bass boats. When Bass Cat builds their boats every year and they sell them uh, at a profit, Bass Cat does not go and immediately try to buy the boats back. Uh, they focus on producing more boats and then selling those boats at a profit. What's interesting about farming is that Customers will sell corn or sell soybeans at a profitable level. Uh, We've seen a lot of that this year that you can sell at a profit and then they'll reown it immediately. I'm not saying that re-ownership can't work out. It it can work out. I've seen it work out uh, wonderfully. 
uh, in many situations. My, my general strategy when it comes to re-ownership is this. I don't mind it so much if you're forced to make a sale at poor price levels because of logistics, because of cash flow, and, and then you want to re-own it. I get that. What I don't like to see necessarily is, you know, we're in bull market territory, you sell your crop at a profit, and then you're now interested in in reowning it and in, in capturing further upside. I'm not saying that it can't work out. I'm just saying that you're about the only business in the world that would handle um, a, a profitable business transaction in that manner. Uh, very few other businesses function in that way. Uh, for that reason, if if we're like in the market we're in right now, you know, if you sold beans here at at you know eleven dollars and change on a day like today, uh, this in in my opinion would not be an ideal place to reown beans. Uh, does that mean it's wrong? No. But in my experience, uh, reowning beans in this type of situation is probably not the best deal. Um, to give you maybe a better example, say you were forced to sell some corn uh, this past summer before the rally and and you were selling cash corn at $3 because you had bills to pay, you need cash or whatever. I would uh, say that reownership in that situation is probably a little bit more viable. I've seen that sort of stuff work out a little bit better in the past. So um, there are different situations here. This is different for anybody. And again, just like I talked about in, in the exiting hedges without a cash sale uh, piece, at the end of the day, this is up to you. You're the boss here. I'm telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I've I've seen work out more often than not in the past. But uh, th- these are all your decisions at the end of the day. They are not my decisions. Uh, the third item on my list, I wrote down next year. And um, a lot of times what happens in these bull markets, like what we've got going on right now, but there are plenty of other examples I can point to of when we we had been in bull market territory. You know, you'll get some really good looking prices up front. Like right now you've got, you know, spot month soybeans up close to that $12 mark. Yet you go out to Nov 21 and, and the board's 1060 or so. Uh, same thing in corn. You've got nearby corn and, you know, that four and a quarter neighborhood, but you look out to D's 21 and it's at... Uh, you know, 413. Um, those, those deferred prices are not as attractive as the, um, as the nearby prices. And I think that for that reason, a lot of people will look at the deferred prices and say, I'm not making any sales there. You know, I can get, do so much better nearby. Uh, why would I sell it at a lower price? Maybe the best example of this would have been like 2012 and 2013. You know, in 2012 in the drought, we had spot month corn up to seven or eight bucks, yet you had 2013 corn for, for fall 2013 delivery, like at six bucks and then down in, in the five and a half neighborhood for a while. And, uh, guys did not want to make that sale as much money as they could have made making those five and a half, six dollar sales for December of 2013 um, when when the nearby market in 2012 was seven or eight bucks. Um, a lot of people failed to do that because they thought six dollars was cheap. And this situation that we have here in 2020 is not as exaggerated as what we had back then, but uh, it's it's certainly worth, worth noting that um, sometimes you can make good sales even uh, for the next crop year, even if they're at lower prices than what you're seeing currently. Um, there are some pretty attractive prices for uh, fall 2021 delivery prices that, uh, according to a lot of the budgets I've seen, are at least profitable. So um, that that's one mistake that I see people make is that they'll look at next year, they'll see a lower price, and uh, they won't act on it. Even though it makes money, they won't act on it because it's not as good as the nearby. And I see that as being a mistake that I've seen repeated uh, over and over and over. Number four on my list, I wrote down gift horse slash 
FOMO or fear of missing out. I've talked about that before. Um, you don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth in a bull market. Um, you're all in this business to make money. Um, you, I, when we get to real profitable levels in, in corn, soybeans, whatever, a lot of people will, will call me, they'll ask, I, I see stuff posted on, on social media all the time about, you know, why is the market up? Why isn't it higher? Um, you know, asking all sorts of questions about, uh, uh, the direction of the market. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Uh, what's going to happen the next quarter? Um, that's like the the definition of of looking gift horse in the mouth. You've got you've got money made. Um, you can make money. You can sell your crops and make money. Yet you're still asking a lot of questions. Like you're you're questioning the profitability that's out there. Um, you know, fundamentals have a lot of, a lot to do with the markets. And maybe there are some people out there that can predict uh, where prices are going to go. I'm not one of them. Um, I, I don't know very many people that that can do that on a consistent basis. In fact, I don't think I know anybody who can do that on a consistent basis. But in any case. Um, I think people focus too much on the why and and not on the margins and the profitability. If you go back and you watch that episode I did with Chris Barron on on the know your numbers, um, he spelled that out pretty good. He said, you know, at, at no point in time are you ever going to know the entire story in marketing. It's only after the fact that you'll know the entire story. And um, you've got to make marketing decisions with with um, with a percentage of the information. Uh, you're never going to know the full story till after it's said and done. So you do not want to look a gift horse in the mouth. You want to continue to make profitable sales. Will some of those sales be early? Absolutely. Uh, that happened a lot in the soybean market this year. Uh, it happened a lot in the corn market this year. Probably happened in the wheat market this year too. But um, uh, 2020 was an odd year. And I should probably do a whole episode on why 2020 was an odd year. If that's something you'd be interested in, uh, drop me a, a comment in the YouTube uh uh, video here. I'd be happy to maybe do something like that down the road. Uh, number five, my last one here, uh, media bullishness. I do a lot of ag media. I do a lot of TV and radio. I do radio shows every single day of the week. Um, I do a lot of TV for a lot of different groups and, you know, a lot of, of, I'm not going to say a lot of, but I get several phone calls every week from a customer who might say, Hey, Joe, I saw somebody on uh, XYZ TV program over the weekend and they were bullish. So I think I'm going to hold off on my sales. Um, or I read something on, on XYZ website and it was bullish. I think I'm going to hold off on my sales. Uh, that sort of stuff typically does not work out. Now here in 2020, yes, anybody who was bullish, uh, if you've been bullish the last three, four months and, and that was your, uh, that was your, uh, uh, deal and you're going to stick with it. Uh, you've been right. And these markets have, have done nothing but go up and trend higher. And we've seen very little correction, but in the grand scheme of things over the course of my career, uh, when I hear that sort of talk from a customer, when I hear the, that sort of comment, um, I'm not interested in selling because somebody on TV was bullish or somebody on radio was bullish or whatever. Uh, generally does not lead to good decisions. Uh, in my opinion, you got to remember that, um, uh, sentiment in markets largely follows price. Sentiment follows price, meaning that when the market rallies, sentiment is going to turn bullish. When the rally breaks, sentiment is going to turn bearish. And a lot of what you're seeing on TV and media is is sentiment. Um, the market's rallied, so now I'm bullish. The market's broken, so now I'm bearish. Uh, you want to stay away from that. I do. I try really hard when I go on TV or do radio to not throw my own opinions uh, about market direction into this thing. I, I, I do my best to kind of like 
really just try be, try to be boring, I guess, and, and tell you the facts and say, well, if this happens, we could rally potentially. If this happens, we could break. But, you know, I've, I've done this long enough to know that there's no guarantees. I know that I can't predict prices. Um, uh, I, I know that going on TV or radio and, and trying to make people believe that I can predict prices, uh, is going to do me absolutely no good. So that's my top five. Uh, number one, and these are again in no particular order exiting hedges without a cash sale Two, reownership, which uh, can be good sometimes, but presents its own sort of problems. I explained that uh, three next year, uh, which has a lot to do with spread structure Four, uh, the, the gift horse fear missing out uh, factor and five, uh, the media. If there are some other items, some other mistakes that you see people uh, making in bull markets, uh, let me know. Shoot me an email to info at standardgrain.com. Drop a comment in the uh, YouTube uh, video. I'd be happy to hear from you. I love any feedback uh, that you might have. Remember, if you need some help from me, go to my website, go to standardgrain.com. Everyone have a great week, um, and uh, we'll talk to you in the morning, I suppose. 